I'm creative business coach Anastasia Williams, and you are listening to Making Magic, a podcast for fiber artists, makers, and creatives who are looking to craft a business with intention. Well, hi, welcome to episode two. I feel like such a dork for two reasons. Uh, Number one, I'm talking to a microphone all by myself, and two, I just talked to my microphone all by myself uh, for about 20 minutes and realized the microphone wasn't plugged in, so that's great. But I am very thankful that you've decided to stick around and keep diving into your business with me. Today is Ideal Customer Day, which is an extremely important day in your business, let me assure you. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to frame out some of the pushback that I get from my clients when we get to this part and help you to realize that it's not difficult, it's not overwhelming, and it's definitely not something you should ignore. Then after we dig through those, we'll get to actually how to find your ideal customer. I'm gonna quickly pause here to let you know that I do have a free download available called Finding Your Roots, which includes a series of journaling prompts that will help you navigate your purpose, your ideal customers, and what kind of business you wanna run in order to provide them the best value. You can find that on my website at www.williamsanastasia.com, right on the homepage. You can download it anytime. And it does also include an audio recording if you're differently abled or if you just prefer to listen to the prompts as you write instead. I want to start with explaining why having an ideal customer is such a key thing for your business. The very basic reason is that your business exists as a result of your customers buying from you, which we all know, but in order to get them to buy from you, you need to know how to find the customers, how to talk to the customers, and how to make products that the customers want. Having a profile in your mind, on paper, or anywhere else is going to be able to help you tap into all of those points so that you can both market your business effectively, but also serve your customers in a way that they either really want or they really need. The first reason for resistance that I hear is that having an ideal customer excludes all other types of people. This is untrue. Let me explain. The ideal customer is for you to keep in your mind. It's not for anyone else to know. And what I mean by that is that creating that ideal customer will start to allow you to focus on where to put your energy in your business. For instance, if you know that your ideal customer is spending the majority of their time when they're online on Instagram and not really Facebook, then it's going to be much more worth it to you to put your own time and effort into Instagram and not even think about Facebook. Does that mean you're going to tell people who love Facebook to take a hike? No, but you know that you are more likely to find your people on Instagram, so you're going to save your energy for that platform. Or let's say that you know that your ideal customer loves knitting and they spend most of their free time on that craft. Then trying to sell weaving kits or film weaving tutorials may not be up their alley. Does it mean that people who love weaving will not find value in what you sell or do? 
No, it does not mean that they can't come into your space and still be engaged and included and appreciated. It just means that you are putting your marketing focus on a customer who is definitely showing up for the knitting content. Another bit of pushback I receive is that some of the details we put into our ideal customer profiles can seem weirdly specific. And that's definitely true. But what does it matter if she has a German Shepherd? Or what does it matter if he just super loves the Olive Garden? You don't necessarily have to get that specific, but there can be a benefit. And if we go with the first example of the same customer who likes knitting, um, and she also has a German Shepherd. So then you'll know that if you share German Shepherd memes in your Instagram stories, that's going to be something that your ideal customers connect with. Again, are you necessarily boxing out anybody else who has a dog? No. Are you boxing out somebody who might not have a dog? No, they just might skip on past those memes. Our clients overall, they're going to want to see and know us for the three-dimensional human beings that we are so that they can feel as if we see them for the three-dimensional human being that they are. If they're only seeing us as business owners, they're not going to connect with us in the same way as if they knew some of the other details of our lives and vice versa. And this does not require you to share every single thing that happens to you, does not require you to spill your guts or reveal a very intimate medical diagnosis, Um, but it just allows you to start looking at your ideal customer as a full-fledged human being and less of a demographical statistic. And after that, it's going to open up the whole world for you and how you can talk to this person. Some individuals worry that their ideal customer doesn't even exist. And chances are they probably don't. Does that matter? No. Again, the customer profile is just to be used as a baseline for how you start to focus your marketing. You don't have to worry about ticking each box on that profile for every person who interacts with you. You just need to find some opening to begin that connection process. So, Let's stick with our same example here. So they like knitting, they have a German Shepherd, and then maybe they drive a Prius, and then maybe they live in a tiny house. If you talk about knitting and German Shepherds, but you never mention a Prius or a tiny house, they're not going to get offended and think, ugh, this person doesn't get me, and just walk away. You may connect with them in other ways by showing how you value eco-friendly things, or you have some great tips for storing yarn in small spaces. So hopefully that starts to become a little bit more clear for you. And of course, the last issue I run into is that people don't know how to start. This is something obviously that I strongly relate to. And there are a couple of ways that I would recommend beginning to think about this. I don't believe that either one or the other is necessarily better. It's really just going to require you to think on it to determine which suits your situation the best. The first option is to imagine somebody real, somebody that you've met, that you would believe to be your ideal customer. If you go this route, you may think of a current repeat customer who buys almost anything that you sell. And if you know them personally or you follow them on social media, that's going to give you a good glimpse into what their life looks like and then hopefully enough detail to develop an ideal customer profile 
and therefore know what kind of product or service they might be looking for in the future. Or if you don't have a business that's already established, maybe it's somebody that you want to sell to, kind of like a dream client. And you could shoot for the moon if you want and say that your ideal client is Oprah or maybe it's just your neighbor. It doesn't really matter, but just as long as you can get an idea of who that person is, the things they like, the stuff they're interested in, the problems they have, then that's gonna help you move forward. The second option is to imagine if applicable that you are your ideal customer. And this is something that I'm always revisiting with clients because many of them feel like they are their ideal customer, but they also feel like there's something wrong with that, which there isn't because most people create a product because there was a gap in the market at some point and they stepped in to fill it for themselves. It's definitely not negative to view yourself as the ideal in the beginning. However, and this is a big however, as your audience grows and shifts, you will have to be very aware of those shifts so you can rise to meet the needs and desires as they change. And we know they're gonna change because people change, the markets change, the world changes. If you're only going to be serving yourself and you can't flex to meet the audience that you have, you will lose them. And while you may not need to worry about this at the moment, it's just a good idea to be open-minded about it. Another part of allowing yourself to be your ideal customer is that you can look at yourself before you had your own transformation. For instance, let's say you're a health coach. And now, of course, after all the work that you've done and all the research that you've done, you know all this stuff about nutrition, you know all this stuff about working out, about having a mindful practice in your life. But in the beginning of your journey, you knew none of that. You had this issue where you knew the place that you wanted to get to, but you didn't know how to get there. So then how can you view yourself as maybe an ideal customer at a different stage in your life so that you can help to guide them along the journey to getting to the place where you are now. And if you're asking, is it possible to have two ideal customers? It is. If it's at all possible, I would recommend trying to find as much overlap in those customers to kind of blend it into one, just to make things easier on yourself because you don't wanna be having to create two different types of marketing material and having two different Instagrams and um, just maintaining two different websites. But there are gonna be instances in which there will be two different sets of clients. One example for me is when I had my yarn dyeing business, I had the way that I marketed to the consumer directly. So the people who actually went to my shop and bought the yarn and I would sell it to them at full price. And then I had the stores where my yarn was carried at wholesale and I marketed to them in different ways. Now I may did my initial reach out via Instagram in the same place that I was doing all my marketing for direct to consumer, but the marketing materials I put together were much different. So I actually had a little kit that I put together. It was just a little box that had a magazine that I had printed 
that had really beautiful pictures of my yarn and all the things I stood for, all my different offerings, and then my pricing, which of course is different than what's on my website. And I was able to stick that in the box with some different samples of the bases that I carried and then send that off to them. And that was a really nice touch, I feel, to kind of allow them to have that connection with the yarn and with me in this really special way. But the marketing, of course, that I'm putting inside of that material is different than what I'm going to talk to my other customers about when I'm on Instagram. But that's just kind of a look at what two different customers might look like for you. So once you have that picked out, then when you move forward, this is the best place that I would say to go ahead and go and download that Finding Your Roots, that journaling prompt workbook on my website because that's going to actually give you the specific questions that you can get into. So that's going to ask you things like, how old is your customer? Where do they live? Who do they live with? You know, what do they do for a job? Where do they usually shop? What are some of their favorite brands? What do they believe in? What are their problems? What are their goals? And that will help you kind of get a good look at those details, even some of the more minutiae of do they like ducks or birds or really I'm just throwing out things that I like, but you get the idea. It gives you a way to have an idea in mind of where to go with your marketing and how to appeal to this person, how to find this person, where to find this person, how to get in front of that person in other places, and so on and so on and so on. I hope that this was helpful. If it was, I would really appreciate if you share this with a friend who might find it useful or share it on Instagram. And then of course, if you can leave a review for the podcast itself, that definitely helps boost its visibility. And if you're looking to find again, that journaling prompt workbook, it's called Finding Your Roots, then you can just go to my website, www.williamsanastasia.com. It's right on the front page. And then there's not really much for show notes actually, because I really just talked about the workbook, but I'll put a link on there as well. So that's williamsanastasia.com slash podcast. And then of course, you can always find me on Instagram at at williamsanastasia underscore. Talk to you next week.